0: This is the Hofstra Radio Alumni Audio Yearbook, and my name is Brian McKinley. We are here today to talk about Adam Geller, who joined the station in 1995 and graduated in 1998. Adam is being posthumously inducted into the Hofstra Radio Hall of Fame this year, and I thought it would be nice for those of us who weren't at the station with Adam to get to know him a little bit. So my guest today is my friend, and hopefully your friend, because he's the nicest guy, Lon Samuelson. Lon, thank you for taking some time to talk about Adam today.
1: Thank you, Brian, and thank you for the kind words and for this opportunity to talk about uh, one of my closest friends.
0: Let's start off real basic. For those of us who didn't know Adam, what words would you use to describe him?
1: Brilliantly funny, beyond hilarious, always willing to give and take on a joke, um, honest, decent give you the shirt off his back, anything for you, always available. I I called him every single day and I teased him and I said, the reason I called him all the time is because he always answered. I mean, he answered once he was on a vacation with his wife in the middle of nowhere in the Galapagos Islands. He's like, why are you calling me? I said, why are you answering? (laughs) Um, But that was him all the time. Anytime he was always there for me, good, bad, indifferent. Um, You know, whether it was to joke around or talk about personal stuff going on, he, he, um, he was a friend. He was like family to me. He always knew the right thing to say to me, whether, you know, like I said, if it was something funny or I was having some issues with, with work with people I was dealing with, we, you know, we, uh, and we ran in the same, a lot of the same circles in, in, in uh, television production. And, uh, he was always there for me. He was just the best, the absolute best.
0: So how did you guys meet?
1: So I was at um, so I got to Hofstra fall 9'3, and I think by um, winter of 9'3 or spring, I'd become um, the sports director. I was already the sports director. I was pretty I, I was totally engaged. I was, I was spending as many waking moments as I could at the radio station. and I guess Adam had transferred in um, to Hofstra University in '95. When Adam had first come to the station, he ran into me and, you know, I introduced myself. All, it was all well and good. And when I, when I was at Hofstra, I worked at the Hofstra Deli. So, you know, it wasn't odd for me to, you know, stop by the station. And then, you know, like Clark Kent run into a phone booth and change it to my Hofstra Deli gear and then, you know, <laughs> to a shift there. So sure enough, Adam was there with a friend later and sure enough, he ran into me. And I had also, uh, I was also an RA and I just so happened to be Adam's RA. And he was convinced that you know I was stalking him, um, which was not true. But and he'd also made me feel good about myself because I was a midseason RA, so I, I came in. Um, I came in for the spring, so someone had already done the fall, and the person who was in the fall was this small guy. I think he was from Nigeria. He had played for the football team. He was Jack, just a big, strong guy, huge. And then me and Adam always reminded me what a disappointment it was to go for some big physical former football player on your on your floor as your RA to this skinny kid from New Jersey so that, that was that was really ego boost for me as in, in my early uh, in my early introduction to, to Adam Geller
0: so you're the the words you chose earlier that's tracking already the the, the, the joking stuff, yeah. the hilarity yeah, yeah
1: yeah it came right from the jump and um another funny thing about Adam that I learned is I, I don't think he wanted out was that he was a huge wrestling fan enormous to the point where he had actually done like a weekend at, at, a, at a, with a wrestling promotion and I came into his room he lived on my floor and I'm and I'm looking at he's got boxes and this is again over well, almost 30 years ago and he had all these VHS tapes all over the place and you would have thought I caught him with like stolen goods I'm like what is this and it was wrestling videos and I was into it so that you know that that only accelerated uh, our, our friendship when I when I learned of his uh, his dedication to professional wrestling.
0: You learned his dark secret, and you became His dark closer. secret. Yeah. <laughs> so when you guys worked together at WRI, were there any stories or events that show what kind of person he was? Was there anything that you always hold up as an example of who Adam was?
1: He was always open to criticism and jokes. He loved it. I mean, I remember I, would, I called a game with him when I was doing the play-by-play and he was doing the color. And I would make a comment, you know, Hofstra's playing great defense, Adam. And that would be a lead for him to say, you know, so-and-so, you know, maybe they're doubling the ball or, you know, Hofstra's getting good support from, from interior. And he said, no, you're absolutely right, Lon. They're playing great defense. So we go to commercial <laughs> and I say, Adam, I know I'm right. Tell me why I'm right. That's why you're here. And he also, you know, I guess it was also new for him to do the color commentary part. And that's the part. So, so the play-by-play guy gives you know the background, what's happening, you know, the score, and who's going right to left. And, and the person with the color gives you little details inside notes about players or you know just just to you know, um, give more to the broadcast. And I remember there was a guy on Hofstra. His name was Lance Dunkley, and Lance was from Utah and he transferred him from a junior college, and he was already married with a kid, which, you know, you didn't see very often. And Adam, Adam thought that was fascinating, and it was fascinating, but, you know, there's always a time and a place, and I and I teased him, and we joked about it for years, where he's like, Lance Dunkley on the foul line, married, two kids. I'm like, really, man? <laughs> not now? Not, you know, his free throw percentage, score of the game, not not about his personal but... You know what? He loved it, man. He he always brought the funny. He always made it fun.
0: So what was your reaction when he threw that out there in the middle of the game? Did you give him, like, the side eye? Did you—
1: I probably hit my cough button because I was laughing, (laughs) which was was typical when you were around Adam. You wanted to make sure, you uh, know—and I I didn't want to make him feel too good about himself that he got me. So, but— Yeah, I probably I probably got on him after and gave him the business. And like I said, what was great about what another fun part about being his friend for for um, I guess, I don't know, almost 30 years uh, was no joke had an expiration date. They all there was always callbacks forever. Did not matter how long ago it was. That joke was always in play. Uh, I loved it.
0: That, that sounds entirely fair. Now, <laughs> when, you, when you guys were at Hofstra, were you were you thinking about, I know you were thinking about going into uh, you know a sports broadcasting career or something to do with sports. Did you guys ever talk about what Adam wanted to do
1: after Hofstra? I think Adam was ahead of his time. So ultimately, the, the answer to your question is no, not definitively. I mean, I knew he wanted to be in front of the camera. Um, and I think Adam was ahead of his time because he knew about, he created a, a like a brand, the personality, which you see now, whether it's you know influencers, people on podcasts, he he had that vision. He knew. Uh, I mean, I think he was just ahead of his time. He he was doing everything. You know, he wanted to be. He he did television for Hofstra TV. He he did anything he could think of at the radio station Jazz Cafe. He he did the news. He loved the election coverage. He had a real passion for politics back then. Um, he did the radio theater players. I don't know definitively what he wanted, but I think being either in front of the camera or on the microphone, that was it. He he had a lot to give and he and he loved it. I, I so I, I think he wanted it just to just be a personality.
0: Hmm. So aside from from the work stuff and the things that you guys did at Hofstra Radio, you mentioned a couple times you guys were friends for a really long time. Yes. Do you have any any personal anecdotes or stories about, you know, after Hofstra that that have stuck with you that's always a funny story that you bring up about Adam?
1: So um, Adam had given me the opportunity to be a member of his wedding party when he got married. Um, you know, we were really close, hanging out all the time. And one of our favorite fighters, his name was Mirko Krokop, and he would wear a shirt that said um, Team Krokop. And when he would go walk to the cage, his... his you know, the guys who who would assist him, would come with him, would throw t-shirts into the stands. It's a team crow cup. So I remember thinking that would really be cool if I made t-shirts that said team Geller and at his wedding, me and the groomsmen threw it into, you know, uh, 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 into, into the people who were there and not visitors, you know, the attendees. And I'm thinking about it. So we're going to go, so, so we have tickets, we go to a Met game, and I'm like, I'm going to ask him. I can't just show up and do it. What if, what if he's an insulted and mad at me? So we're at the game. We're talking about the wedding. He's like, you want to hear something crazy? I said, yeah, what's up? He's like, so Mike thinks that me and Deb, his wife, should, should come out like Ric Flair and wear these stupid and wear wrestling robes as we walk down the aisle to get married. How stupid is that to do something from wrestling? So now I am. I'm, I turn white. I'm totally I'm like he's gonna kill me. He's gonna think I'm, a, I'm I'm a fool that I. He's like, what? what happened to you? I was like, all right, I have this idea um, where we were gonna throw out shirts that said uh, Team Geller out at the wedding as we walk down the aisle. Your groomsman. He's like, Lon, That is awesome. We have to do it. You got to. I'm like, you just said the other idea was dumb. He goes, wrestling robes. That's too much. But throwing T-shirts. That's perfectly acceptable. So. So I had bought a bunch of shirts at Team Galler, and uh, me and the groomsmen threw them out to fans. And if you've ever been at a sporting event, right? You know, pe- people act like you're throwing out bags of money. Yeah. You know, they're so excited; they're standing and going berserk. So, when all of a sudden, I think, you know, the wedding crew started, the wedding attendees started to realize they're getting free gear. You know, there there was a, a palpable excitement, and Adam <laughs> loved it. He thought it was hilarious. So.
0: Oh my gosh, and and his bride. Uh, thought it was okay. Uh,
1: she knew what she was getting herself into. She was. <laughs> I think. I think when she could have thought of what the other options would have been, that was that was fine. I mean, yeah. there was also, as my wife said, it was the only wrestling theme wedding she would ever been to, because. And you can go on YouTube. This is. Uh, I'll get to that momentarily, uh where his best man. I don't know if you remember, like Hulk Hogan had a very dramatic entrance, especially when it was at Madison Square Garden, where he would sure. cross himself. And then come flying down the aisle of the garden and rip his shirt and, you know, pose to the crowd. And that's what his groom, his best man did. And and to take it one step better. And and I, you know, I was fortunate. I was, I had been, I've seen all, I saw all of it from the beginning. Um, but for those who weren't there and met Adam later in life, they also were fortunate to be privy of all these moments. Because the guy was so ahead of his time also when it comes to technology. Like he was the first guy to get um, Slingbox when no one had that. He was the first guy to go out and buy um, a DVD burner and and burn all of his VHS. He was ahead of everyone on all that. And he could, if he met you on the street and mentioned it to you, he could pull it up on his phone instantaneously. Like anything you could think of. He was so quick. He uploaded all his videos. Like if you looked up Adam Geller, Hofstra Grad 98, I guess on YouTube, you get to see all of this stuff. And people would tell people who, you know, we had, we had, um, mutual friends who knew us from different places, you know, whether he freelanced somewhere or someone knew me from one of my old jobs or, you know, one of my, I had a cousin who who worked with Adam freelancing at Yes Network in Connecticut. He like immediately, and that's what endeared you to him so quickly. he was so happy to share, share himself with you and the funny stuff. I mean, He had no problem if you were looking at that and it was something that made him look silly and you took pleasure out of it. That gave him pleasure. Like immediately wanted, you know, gave you his friendship. You felt like you knew him from the jump, you know, and people would call me all the time. Lon, do you know Adam Geller? I'm like, yeah, why? Oh, I just met him this weekend and I saw videos of his wedding and you were in it and he showed me this other, I'm like, that's him. That's him, all right. Wow. Um, Can you give us an
0: idea of how important Hofstra Radio was to Adam? That was
1: probably the main reason he came to Hofstra University because he knew what uh, a good station, a great station WRHU was and the opportunities he would have. He he was in he was uh, at school at Florida Atlantic University in Florida for his freshman year, but he knew he wanted to come to New York. He knew Hofstra had a great communications program, and he knew that WRHU was a really well-run student radio station. That was his top priority when he came to school, and he got totally immersed himself in it. And like I said, everything. He wasn't just like me with sports. He was sports. He was news. He was radio players. He was jazz show. Anything. Anything he can get involved with. It meant the world to him. He loved Hofstra Radio.
0: And even after he graduated, it stayed important to him.
1: He was so special because he was so giving. He never forgot like how many, how hard he had to work to get to where he was. I mean, he had, you know, unfortunately when he passed, you know, he had so many great gigs, but he had worked his tail off to get them, you know, being the stage manager. Yes. Working Olympics, working for doing shows for the UFC. He was traveling all over the world and he would go out of his way to go back to Hofstra to meet WRHE students and give him his, give them his number and let them know whatever, anything he could do, any contacts he had. He would call students and say, hey, I got offered this gig to work at, at, at Citi Field you know, to do the score bug. I can't do it. Do you want it? He went out of his way. And even alumni, like a guys, like he went to school with John. Like John Lane had graduated. He was someone that you and I were with, Brian. Mm-hmm. And, and JL had graduated before Adam. He knew of him. And when John was really trying to get you know back into sports and journalism, Adam helped get him gigs and helped him make contacts. And again, he didn't even he barely knew John, but that's who he was. And and if you said, Oh, I'm with WRHU, that's it. That's all you had to tell him. He would go out of his way to help you because it was it was a kinship, it was a family to him. That was that was he wore it on his sleeve. Anyone who who had those four letters next to their name. You were as good as gold to Adam. He would do whatever he could for you.
0: Thank you for sharing that. Um, that that kind of leads into the next question. Um, I think you've already answered it, but you know, what is it to you about Adam's career that makes him worthy of the Hofstra Radio Hall of Fame?
1: That he, after everything he had done, all the things he had accomplished, WR2 and the moments he had there and the people he worked with, and the friendships he made, and 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 those who came after him that he continued to help, that was probably one of his greatest accomplishments and things he took great pleasure of because he loved R H U. It meant the world to him. It gave him a forum to really develop himself as a person, as a talent. I know the friendships he made. Myself, Curring, Anthony Curran, Anthony Garcia, Thad Brown, Dan Chantilly, all those guys. We were still, we were all at his wedding. You know, I mean we we were still his closest friends because we came up together because WRHU was, was the nucleus for, for his family when he came to Hofstra and it was so important to him. And I, I can't think of anyone who I think deserves this honor more than him. He flew that flag high. He he was so proud of it. He was so dedicated it during and after. And he's so deserving of being enshrined in the WRHU Hall of Fame.
0: Blonde, man, you're giving me chills. Thank you so much. On behalf of the Hofstra Radio Alumni Audio Yearbook and the entire Hofstra Radio community, I I think we all feel sad that Adam is not with us, but your testimony, your stories about him really make him feel alive. And thank you so much for sharing your time.
1: Thank you, Brian. Thank you for the opportunity.